You're listening to ZZ Talk, a father-son generational podcast where we talk about entertainment, culture, and a variety of other subjects from the perspectives of both Gen Z and Gen X. I'm Noah. I'm Greg. And this is ZZ Talk. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. So today, on this fine Sunday as we are recording, we were talking about superheroes and how much we love them. Of course, all of society likes superheroes. The Marvel Cinematic Universe is bigger than it's ever been. And of course, we have the new Batman movie with Robert Pattinson of Twilight and other movies, fame, uh, coming out soon. So we sort of came around to the question, who are the best superheroes? Who are our favorites and why, of course? As you know, my dad and I enjoy heroes and movies and just awesome figures in society in general because we're always talking about popular media and superheroes I would say probably were the first iteration of pop culture would you say that to an extent when it comes to comics I mean Batman is from the 1930s and I think Spider-Man's from the 60s and they've just been an omnipresent sort of fixture well before blockbuster movies how would you say yeah I think that's I I think They've been a fixture since before blockbuster movies, but I don't know that they were the original hero. I don't know. Maybe they were. Maybe that's uh, sort of how we have established our um, impression of heroes by the the fictional uh, superheroes that we've come to know. And we also want to say that this episode is going to, we're going to focus on Marvel and DC heroes. There are probably others. Uh, I'm sure there are others, but this one is in particular limited to Marvel and DC. Yes, and um, obviously everybody's going to recognize each superhero on here, but we want to talk about why they're our personal favorites. Mm So um, I'm going to go ahead and let you start since I introduced us, but I have a pretty good feeling that I'm (laughs) your top. Yeah, you know, usually I'd like to do a countdown five to one. We're going to do our top five. Mm Mm-hmm. And but since you and I did discuss the fact that there would be some overlap, we're going to start with number one mm-hmm. and then we'll just sort of spread out. But my number one mm-hmm. is Superman. Great. No choice. question. Uh, just for me, Superman is the quintessential superhero. He is just about impervious to anything except kryptonite, as we know. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's OK. So a couple things about Superman. He has super strength, super speed, super hearing, super eyesight, super everything, which makes him, you know, again, the quintessential superhero. I think the thing that I have observed over the last 20 years, and I'm going to say 20 years because it's fair to say that superheroes have come into their own in the last, especially 20 years, with the onset and success of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh, yeah. And the the addition and mediocre success of the dc (laughs) cinematic universe i could i I definitely agree with you on the basis that the marvel cinematic universe is a far more realized vision but i mean don't count dc out i mean they've had no i'm not counting billion dollar movies i think aquaman and uh two or three of the batman movies and then i think batman versus superman made it almost a billion i mean there's you know there's quite a few on the list but I think you're correct in saying that, generally speaking, most people see Marvel as sort of the top sort of thing because they made Iron Man into, uh, you know, a household name. It's, it's, it's very cool just to see how that's gone. Absolutely. 
I think the trouble with Superman, the, the trouble that the media has with Superman is that he's so much of a Boy Scout and so, um, uh, so powerful that mm -hmm. it's hard to challenge him. Now, I kind of like that in a character in that he is um, someone who often can't be challenged. So what happens in every film that we see Superman in, it's always they've kryptonite. discovered kryptonite somewhere, <laughs> you know, and it gets a little old um, over time, I think. But I have to say, for a lot of reasons, even before the 1978 film, which you, of course, have seen, but we're not around for, when that film came out, that just sort of reinforced for me how awesome Superman was slash is. And of course, in my lifetime, I've seen multiple iterations of Superman, whether it was the first four Superman films, one, two, three, and the quest for peace, all to very different levels of success and quality. <laughs> Um, but also back in the 90s, there was the Lois and Clark yeah. series. Then, of course, it was Superman was uh, back in the, um, uh, the theater with Superman Returns. And I'm going to get back to that in just a second without mm -hmm. belaboring this. And then, of course, we had uh, Smallville, which is a show that is near and dear to both of us, because as you were growing up, you and Luke were growing up, we watched all 10 seasons of that on DVD. Fantastic. It's absolutely fantastic. I want to rewatch. Uh, me too. Yeah. yeah. And then there was, um, of course, then they brought Henry Cavill, um, you know, into the Superman uh, universe when DC realized that, oh my goodness, look what Marvel has done. We've got to get it together. So they added Henry Cavill. So there are different levels of success, I think, in um, telling Superman's story. The common theme is always kryptonite. It gets a little... A little old. Oh, by the way, then most recently we have Superman and Lois, which I just finished the season finale of this morning. Mm -hmm. That is not to be missed. That is really good. Okay. That is a TV show on the CW, which I don't always use, say that sentence. Like I don't watch CW TV shows, you but it, watch is, it is still, it is film quality. Yeah. So all of this is to say there's a long history of Superman in my life, uh, my entertainment life. And I'm going to tell you this, and this is going to be controversial. My favorite iteration of Superman. Now, Smallville will always have a special place in my heart. But yeah. my favorite iteration of Superman is Superman Returns. You know what? That's so interesting to me because, oh my goodness, what was the actor's name who portrayed? Uh, Brandon Routh. Brandon Routh. And, you know, he really didn't do much after mm -hmm. the fact. Mm -hmm. I remember he was in one movie called Dylan Dog, Dead of Night. And that got like a 9% on the tomato meter. But he was so great in that role. And I will give it to the people who make all the Superman media. They really do sell the person who is Superman. I think Henry Cavill has been excellent. I think Brandon Routh was excellent. He looked the parts, I mean, just as much as um, the original Superman. And I think it's, I, I think that the concept of Superman media, there's actually been a lot of hits. A lot of it is actually quite good. I think the only ones that, I probably wouldn't enjoy if I revisited them would be three and four. Uh, Superman three had Richard Pryor in it. Three is a train wreck, in my opinion. And then four had Nuclear Man, right? Right, right. Yeah. And but they had run out of money for that film and should have it should have never seen the light of day. Of course, but you know when I think of Superman, I think of John Williams' amazing score, right? Yep. You know, I think of that introduction, and I think of, of course, when you 
enjoy superheroes, you enjoy how extraordinary they are and how they give back to people. Superman is a saint. And you were talking about how occasionally he'll come off as like a boy scout or a goody two shoes. But I really like that about him. It seems like he genuinely has no beef with anybody except for Batman, I suppose, in some instances, but they've also used him in interesting ways. Um, You know, dark suited Superman and, you know, sort of alternative universes. It goes to show how you can use his power for good and evil. And I always felt like he's just been a character that has endured. He's matched by a uniformly excellent villain in Lex Luthor Smallville has been fantastic, and I've genuinely enjoyed pretty much every twentieth, uh, 21st century uh, piece of Superman media. So I have to, I have to hand it over to Superman for the top spot. Yeah, I have to say, I have two things to say. Uh, the first Superman film and Superman two back in seventy eight and eighty were just or eighty one eighty were phenomenal in my opinion. Superman Returns was outstanding. Um, so there have been a lot of great things about Superman, but I have to ask you. Who's your favorite Lois Lane? Oh my gosh. Um, I'm going to have to say Erica Durance from, mm. yeah, I think Erica Durance fit the be- uh, part best coming almost halfway through Smallville. She was just such a strong character that was able to not just depend on Superman, but also be somebody that Superman like needs in his life. It's not right. like, it's like they worked for each other so well. And I enjoyed mm-hmm. her personality and how she was more than just you know, sort of a doting lover to him. Yeah, I really, yeah. I, I really, I, I just thought very highly of her as an actress there. And that's when I was introduced to her. And I mean, she really stayed that way all throughout the 10 seasons. I mean, top three characters, in my opinion, especially as uh, it went on. Um, but uh, I didn't think Amy Adams was a great Lois Lane. Um, because I just don't feel like she fit the part necessarily. I think Amy Adams is great. But Overall, to answer your question, it had to be Erica Durant from Spock. Yeah, I think it's a good choice. I'm also a huge, huge fan of Margot Kidder, the original, in my, in my lifetime, the original Lois Lane. But I have to tell you that I didn't think that Amy Adams was good at all. Um, and I also, um, Kate Bosworth, who was in Superman Returns, mm-hmm. not a terrific Lois Lane. I like the Lois Lane that's uh, a Bitsy Tulloch, I think is her name. She's um, on Superman and Lois. She's quite good. Um, And then, of course, the uh, Terry Hatcher in the um, 90s series was um, a little quirky and interesting. But to your point, I think I like Lois Lane better when Lois Lane is a well-defined character and an independent person who plays more to uh, the team that she and Superman can be rather than someone fawning over him. Yeah, and absolutely. As, yeah. a last, as a last word about uh, Superman, one of the yeah. favorite things about his character and his media is that they actually haven't shied away from those personal, almost action-like, action-less sort of things. Right. Uh, Superman and Lois, it, I mean, you would think that people would want an action-oriented show, but it's more about their personal relationship, right? Yep. And yep. then uh, the new CW show is it's, you know, quite like that as well. They're yeah. not afraid to show Superman in action, but he's just as interesting in his personal life, you know, building with others as, you know, he can be on the battlefield. And Honestly, the best part of that show to me, Noah, is when he's Clark. When he goes to Superman, it's fine. Mm-hmm. But as Clark Kent, uh, he is a father. He is a husband. He is 
not saving the world. He is creating a family and um, raising sons. And of course, that has a special meaning to me anyway. So absolutely pretty incredible that an alien Kryptonian can uh, they can show the humanity of him. And I think that's right. great. All right. right. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, list my uh, second favorite superhero. All right. Be Wolverine from X-Men. So wow. yeah, Wolverine is just so cool in general you know he, he also has an amazing character arc especially when you recall um the early 2000s first version you know he's full of gruffness anger you know he's very impulsive on action and of course hugh jackman does an amazing job getting better and better with each iteration of wolverine but wolverine is also notable because of his abilities he's got adamantium claws which you know are just super strong super sharp but he also has regeneration and he doesn't age, I think, as fast as uh, other people do. But we were also talking about Superman's sort of love interest. And then you've got Wolverine's, um, wasn't Wolverine, wasn't his love interest Jean Grey? Uh, didn't he, I, yeah. Cyclops yes. sort of share that? Possibly my least favorite X person, Jean well, Grey. Yeah, possibly as it was portrayed there. But I think Wolverine is just such a fascinating character that maybe not everybody would have expected to be so popular because. Hugh Jackman has made that character. I don't know if you watched Logan. Uh, I did is, not see Logan. You know, that's not, not a big fan of Wolverine. Got to say it. Sorry. That's interesting to me. Yeah, I, I, I just, I just find him fascinating with how much of a character arc he's had over the course of many different films, and quite a few of the X Men movies are very, very good. Um, but Hugh Jackman just keeps getting better and better and better, and he's one of those people that truly was born to play that role. Right? You know, we have. Uh, it's like Christopher Reeve was born to play Superman. You know, we've got, uh, we've sort of established that. And I don't think he'll be playing uh, Wolverine anymore. He might make one more special appearance in 10 years. Who knows? But um, Logan was a great film to sort of end off that story trilogy. It was emotional mm-hmm. and ended on sort of an ambiguous note, but it also didn't shy away from mature themes. And I think that's the best part of what Wolverine's multiple character stories have been. You know, his life is filled with tragedy, but he is also part of the X-Men and, you know, he helps people. He helps, he's an extraordinary hero that's a mutant. And I think the X-Men sort of just franchise also sort of plays an interesting role in how people see each other's differences, mutants versus, you know, actual people. I think there is some uh, commentary to be said about that. So I appreciate that he plays a large role in that as well. But uh, that is Wolverine for me. What about you? Number two. Next up for me is Captain America. And Captain here's why. And you're, you're going to understand why. Captain America, he's the consummate do-gooder. Mm-hmm. He um, has a set of morals and values that are uncompromising. He fights oppression, terrorism, injustice, intolerance, prejudice, bigotry, corruption, and crime. So how can you not like him? Um, and he believes the, that uh, the world can be better than it really is. And, you know, part of that probably stems from his uh, origin. He has been you know, in, in existence, fighting, you know, bad since World War Two. Yeah. And um, I think just keeps keeps looking to preserve um, a world that he believes can be more like it once was. And uh, I, I like that. So the do gooder theme is, is very clear here. Mm-hmm. You know me well enough to know I, I like that I um, I'm not going to say I aspire to that, but I guess maybe I do. And I hopefully, hopefully a lot of people aspire to be do-gooders. And, and so I, I really, really um, like that characteristic in my superheroes. 
Oh yeah. I mean, I certainly agree. I, um, when it comes to just, you know, how we can improve, I think, uh, somebody once told me it was very simple, but they said, we can always do better and we can always do more for others. And I feel like that's a really good representation of Captain America because yep. you can see that genuine care. It's almost to his detriment because I mean, even other superheroes make fun of him for just how good of, you know, like a guy he is. Yeah. And I found it interesting that, you know, he was, um, a soldier, uh, he wanted to go into the army, but he was, you know, too small. He wasn't considered, you know, able to serve his country, but he went through this rigorous process just for the simple fact that he wanted to, you know, help other people, you know, to be able to, you know, fight for justice. And I think that's a very admirable character characteristic or backstory towards any great superhero. And of yeah. course, he's a classic. He's an American staple. He's an icon and everybody loves uh, Chris Evans playing yeah. him pretty cool there's something very nostalgic about captain america he old world values the what's that old world values perhaps probably so yeah there he's just the epitome of um uh, a great soldier mm -hmm. and someone you rely upon and you're right i mean a lot of our impressions of these characters or of these superheroes are informed by how they have been developed by the media and in mm -hmm. this case chris evans you know, performance as Captain America is really a standout kind of thing. So oh, great yeah. casting. So, and you'll hear me say that throughout. So oh, who's yeah, next for you? All right. So who's up next for me is Spider-Man. So Spider-Man, I know you have oddly not been a big Spider-Man fan for probably most of your fascination. Never. I just don't understand people's fascination with Spider-Man. I mean, I like Spider-Man. I've seen all the movies and some of them are a lot better than others, but why well, think me. I think it's succinctly summed up in how people describe him. He's your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. You know, whereas Superman and the X-Men go all around the world and do these crazy extraordinary things that, you know, sets them apart from everybody else. Spider-Man is a guy who got bit by a spider, but he is more so in the neighborhood of helping people. Of course, in some of the other movies, you know, he's saving the world or other countries and whatnot. But He's a web-slinging guy who comes from humble means, and he's it, it can be saving somebody from a fire or those small moments of, you know, helping a cat out of a tree. Like, Spider-Man is that person. He's kind of like the best social worker ever, right? You know, somebody... I like that, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's young, he's inexperienced, but he's smart, and at the end of the day, his job is to help people without being repaid for his services and i think that's the appeal of spider-man and that is that he's young he's sort of like a teenager who gets bit by the spider right. and becomes this web slinger who you know is fighting bad and i think that's the now who's your favorite of the three peter parkers mm -hmm. slash spider-man yeah who's your favorite of the three that have been, uh, have played them this is going to be such a controversial. This is going to be such a controversial comment. So I think it just goes by the order they released. I think Tobey Maguire is the best Spider-Man. Um, that might just be due to my age and having grown up with those movies. But I honestly really liked the Amazing Spider-Man, which came out in 2012. Thought Andrew Garfield was quite good in that role. Uh, a little bit too model-esque for Peter Parker, perhaps, but he was a very good Spider-Man himself. Um, I like Tom Holland. I just something about it's like i can't dislike tom holland but i feel like he tries too hard to be that young super inexperienced like mr stark mr stark this kind of guy you know what i'm saying it, it's almost like he's too good at it. it it's so strange to me i like tom holland but 
I feel like his shtick gets like a little bit old. I haven't really seen much. He of plays up the youthful nature of it. Uh, he does a little, a little much. I like him too. And, and people like him in general. I think he's a good, good Peter Parker. My favorite is Andrew Garfield, largely because those two movies, the amazing Spider-Man and the sequel mm-hmm. were my two favorites of the three, five, seven that I've seen in the last, however many 15 years. I know that most people won't agree with me, and I'm sure my friend Chris will not agree with me, but since he and I probably saw them together, he's got to give me some grace there. Yeah, absolutely. And I I think that um, Tom Holland, as good as he is, he hasn't necessarily had that sort of maturation moment where he goes from like being a boy to a man. Of course, I mean, you could argue his mentors, Tony Stark dying and being snapped out of existence. Okay, yeah, sure. But everything in the Marvel universe does feel light. At the end of the day, even when the stakes are high, sometimes they actually don't feel that high in the long run. Yeah. Um, you know he's going to come back. I felt like Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man was light enough to be fun, but there was also danger around the corner. And I mean, we remember Gwen Stacy died for him too. So it's just like when you see that grow up moment, he can still be a wisecracking superhero, but also somebody who has to learn over time. I like seeing that growth. And I think that has been best represented and Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man and uh, Andrew Garfield's. But you know what? Another uh, multi-universe Spider-Man movie is coming out. It's been the talk of the town for the last week since the trailer dropped. So uh, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are rumored strongly to be coming back. So that could be interesting. Oh, but yeah, okay. um, my favorite Spider-Man movie is Spider-Man 1. Willem Dafoe is fantastic. I thought... Um, Oh my gosh, his name's escaping me. James Franco was yep. very good, uh, very good as Harry Osborn. I think Tobey Maguire just naturally sort of spoke to that nerdy superhero, you know. And but I, I like that he's kind of a community hero, a working class hero, and a yeah. lot. That's what appeals to me most about his small scale, like do gooderism, if you know what I'm saying. And I would say that the the pro- well, I guess this is the case with every superhero film when they when they reimagine it is that honestly the first of the films, so the first Tobey Maguire film, the first Andrew Garfield film, the first uh, Tom Holland film, it's all the same thing. Yeah, it, it's all the, the all the same thing. We got a new Aunt B. Is it Aunt B? Aunt 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 Aunt, aunt, aunt May. That's right. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm getting my Aunt Mays confused with my Aunt Bs with my Aunt Ms from the Wizard uh, of Oz. But anyway, I don't know. It just feels like very similar, not original enough. Enough said. He's not even on my list. So I'm going to go with, I'm going to give you my third. Some pitchforks are coming out. Yep. Here we go. Thor. 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 Here's, here's the thing about Thor. I knew nothing about Thor until the Marvel Cinematic Universe picked up Thor. And, you know, I, I had heard of Thor. I had seen Thor. I knew he was a god from somewhere. Now it's Norse mythology. Yes. And um, one of the things that Marvel has done extraordinarily well is, and we've already touched on this with Chris Evans and um, Captain America, is they cast the right people for these roles. They and really these people do. become synonymous with these characters, which for their career could be detrimental in the long run. But the here and now, I'm all about it. Chris Hemsworth, awesome. I mean, talk about charismatic and someone who who has infused life into i think frankly an mcu character that very few people knew much about until the film 
to your uh, to your point really quickly i think chris hemsworth is actually one of those actors who has actually benefited from being thor i think he's done uh, probably the most that i can name outside uh, i would agree marvel films um yeah. for the most part he's very very talented his brother he's, is too. he's got a ton of charisma and so you know thor is obviously very very strong um uh he has the hammer <laughs> He's got the hammer, which, you know, at first I was like, well, what's the hammer about? But it's just kind of cool. Uh, again, the the media or the, the film series to varying degrees. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've been successful, but I've enjoyed some of them to varying degrees. They just have really helped, I think, probably because of Chris, Chris Hemsworth. The character development of Thor has been impressive for someone who could be one note. Uh, in my opinion so absolutely I, yeah. I think that's you know sort of piggybacking off of what you said this is another place where we overlap Thor is one of our favorite superheroes and I will agree I knew who Thor was before the Marvel Cinematic Universe really made him take off but it just like every good entry in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and what it's pretty much known for is taking characters that aren't as beloved by the general public but perhaps yeah. and making them complete fixtures of society's fascination i mean thor has had an incredible like you were saying like run through being one note to being humbled to being you know thor as he is i mean he's been fat thor and infinity war he's been you know he's been arrogant you know very overconfident and impulsive irrational you know actually he seemed very um immature in the first one but he grew, you know, Thor The Dark World. Uh, I don't know how much you remember of that. Um, it was actually a much darker film and he learned a lot more because his love interests, I think, had died at that point. And then, of course, you have Thor Ragnarok, which really reinvigorated the Thor franchise and gave him more of a personality. Uh, Taika Watiti, um, he also directed um, uh, we, Jojo Rabbit, which we reviewed in February. Mm-hmm. Um, he did an amazing job with this film. And while some people say that the Marvel series can be a little bit cheeky to, you know, humor oriented, I think that really worked for him because I think people were kind of like, where is Thor in the grand scheme of things? And they really capitalized on that afterwards with um, Infinity War and um, Endgame, which is super cool. Chris Hemsworth, in a nutshell, he's great for the role. Thor as a character has been great in and outside of his own movies and he's somebody you can always root for because you've seen that transformation that character arc for him so you have to care about Thor yeah Uh, the last thing I'll say about Thor is the lack of Thor's presence in a film drags the film down I will say yeah he's an excellent supplementary character even if he's not leading so very cool good all right so who's next for for me so I have one more and that Mm -hmm. is of course Batman so, of course, he is Batman. I'm not familiar with him. Oh, interesting. But um, <laughs> it might be controversial for a lot of people because um, he would, Batman would usually be within uh, everybody's first to third spots. I have one question. What is that? Why is Batman a superhero? Well, Batman is a superhero. I don't think you need to be anti-human in order to be a superhero, if you know what I mean. I don't think you need to have some special ability. I think what makes Batman stand out is because he's just 
he's human, so he's limited in his capacity to move around, get around places, but he's incredibly smart. You know, he manages a, a billion dollar industry. He's, uh, he works as both, you know, a billionaire playboy, but also a hero at night. And he faces some pretty creepy, very tough and often challenging and demanding enemies without, you know, having that super strength. It's, it's all in his gadgets. It's all in, you know, the Batmobile or the way he sees the world. He's actually had to train uh, his combat skills and he's had to sharpen his like own knowledge to be able to overcome some of these extraordinary challenges because despite Batman's humanity a lot of his villains are just completely you know the other way I mean they're things that maybe Superman or perhaps Thor should be fighting in terms of how crazy and powerful they are so I think Batman also represents the first dark spirit that could come to uh, a superhero story. You know, he's very, uh, he does things at night. He's a predator to criminals. He's not an anti-hero. He's of course a hero, but sometimes in order to get the point across, he has to hurt people. So I find that that's a very interesting sort of dynamic between do-gooder, but also the realistic weight of the world. And I think Batman has had that tragic story, you know, from when he was young and he kind of carries that with him over the course of, all of his media. He has an iconic uh, foil in terms of the Joker. Um, and I think that his villains are incredibly strong, but I think his movies have been really good too. I love the Dark Knight um, and I really like the Dark Knight Rises. Um, I think Ben Affleck has been pretty good as Batman as well. And I'm looking forward to Robert Pattinson's um, sort of uh, role in the upcoming movie. But Batman also has great sets of video games too. So you hadn't experienced this, but you know, no. Luke and I and anybody who enjoys somewhat popular video games have played the Arkham series, which are highly regarded as some of the best of the 21st century. And for good reason, Batman has reestablished himself as uh, an iconic superhero, I'd say, especially in the 21st century. And a lot of people still care about his story, even though it's not all light, bright, happy, and, you know, whatever, like the Marvel Cinematic Universe can sometimes come off as. That's mm -hmm. what I appreciate about Batman. He doesn't yeah. have to be what many people make out superheroes to be. He's human. He's different. He might not be more interesting for that matter, but I think his character and the media that surrounds him has explored a lot more interesting subject matter. So yeah. that's why I like Batman. Well, that's fair. Uh, you know, and I'm not for, you know, I'm not a Batman hater. And people don't need to be, you know, upset that I'm not a big Batman fan. You know, I, I, I to some extent, I asked you that question a little bit tongue in cheek because, you know, I guess it's Barry Allen or the Flash who asks Batman what his superpower is in mm -hmm. Justice League, which you and I have reviewed in a separate episode. And, you know, Bruce Wayne says, I'm rich. And that's a great line. And mm -hmm. that's one of the things I like about Batman. It's honest. It's honest, and there's something authentic about Batman that I don't feel in other uh, superheroes necessarily, and I don't know exactly what it is, but I think it's because he is human, and his anger and his his desire to improve the world comes out of a personal loss. Yes, you know the 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 execution, if you will, of his parents. Um, yeah. walking down that alley, which we've seen many times. But I think to your point, because Bruce Wayne is human, it resonates a little bit yes. more with yeah. all of us. And consequently, it, uh, it, it becomes a really popular character for a lot. In fact, if you Google the top 10 
superheroes, Batman is number one. So, um, yeah, I, I'd say you for the other heroes we've been talking about, you can admire them. I think for Batman, you can more so understand him. Right. Yeah. And relate to him to some extent, sort yeah. of, you know, because, you know, I've got a cave under our house. I just never you know, told I'm, you about it until now. You know, I'm a billionaire playboy myself. Right. So, right. I, mean, I know all right. these things. My right. car, my Batmobiles in the driveway. So that's right. <laughs> well, I've got two more, actually. So I don't know how we got out of sync here, but my number four is Flash. Flash. And here's is cool. the thing. I like Flash. Uh, and here's why. Because if you think about it, speed is just about everything. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have the speed of Flash, you don't necessarily need all those other things like super hearing, super sight. I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess you need those in order to know that you have to move. But at the same time, you know, I, I don't have to be able to fly if I have that kind of super speed. Oh, absolutely. And you can't hit what you can't see. So, oh, right. So um, there's a whole lot of cool in that. And I will say that back when I was a kid or a teenager, there was a show, a TV show called The Flash. Mm-hmm. And that was my first introduction to Barry Allen. I, I don't, yeah, it was Barry Allen um, who was the Flash. And uh, I just, that, I remember that to this day. And I've never seen the show, The Flash, that is on the CW now. Mm-hmm. But I really like Ezra Miller as the Flash in the more recent DC films, uh, obviously Justice League. And he's gotten his own film coming up. Uh, so I'll be there for that. Hopefully yeah. it'll be on HBO Max and I can watch it on my couch. Yeah, definitely. And um, I think a really cool part of um, the Snyder cut is how much it explored the Flash more than it did. And love it. You know, I think he was the single besides Cyborg. I think he was the breakout sort of character in that film. And it was really cool to see how fast he was and how he tried to get Superman. But like Superman was like staring him down in that slow motion scene. So and I do love that because Superman is my favorite. And no matter how fast you are, you cannot out race Superman. Absolutely. All right, my last one, last one. And this is a testament to um, Marvel, Iron Man. Iron Iron Man. Man. So I didn't know anything about Iron Man. And I remember you and I and Luke went to see the first Iron Man. Mm -hmm. And your mom dropped us off. And we watched it. And of course, yeah, 2008. And this was the first time, remember, the world wasn't, permeated by super superhero films at that point in time so but this it had the seen superhero films that had it had vastly different qualities there was right. daredevil catwoman electro uh which were all horrible um yeah but there had been superman Spider-Man. returns i mean there Spider-Man's, had been Spider-Man some other good one the x-men movies i yeah. think had been in existence but you didn't know what you were going to get necessarily that movie blew my mind i remember i mean i have not enjoyed a marvel film as much as the original iron man now a big part of that was because i haven't seen 25 of them now or however many there have been but again casting robert downey jr you know had some personal struggles but they took a, a you know they knew that he was going to bring the personality and that last scene where he tells everyone, spoiler alert, that he is Iron Man, is perhaps one of my favorite endings of any film I've ever seen. And what a great way to do that, too. That's what I wanted him to say. He said it, and it just was, it was, that film was so well constructed, so well uh, produced, well executed. It's no wonder that the second one was so awful, because you, you know, you can't follow a film that strong usually with a film that is equally strong and in my opinion 
Iron Man 2 really suffered in part because it's not a good movie, but two, because it, you were comparing it to the first uh, Marvel film that we saw of this era. Yes, of course. Uh, I mean, Iron Man is just such an incredible film and it's really just a hallmark for, um, you know, it, it's, it's a hallmark of how good uh, superhero movies uh, you could expect them to can be after yeah. that can be. And I think that, like you said, Robert Downey Jr. was an inspired choice. He wasn't the hottest actor at the time, no. but he had some troubles going on. And of course, the Marvel films had been a varying quality, but Fox had done the good X-Men films. And then I think Marvel- They're so good. Exactly. And so this was something that nobody could really predict. And I love that you were talking about the final bit of it because a lot of superheroes are shrouded in the secrecy of their identities. And then you're thinking, okay, Iron Man's going to do this. And eventually he's going to struggle with somebody threatening to reveal who he is. And then it's that final little thing. The whole movie just had this little edgy quality about it where he's in front of all the press and you're just like, okay, so this is going to go how I think it is. And he's like, nope, this is me. And then it ends making you feel like, oh my gosh, like the entire world knows about this guy after the first film. How, how are they going to keep going with this? And they created an amazing just series of movies based with that one film that is so important. And I would easily say that is within my top five favorite films ever. I, it's, I, it's a terrific film. It is just really, I got to go back and watch that film. Oh yeah. It's it just great. I've been watching years. And to your point, a lot of people did not know who Iron Man was. He was not very right. widely known, but now he may very well be the most widely known Marvel superhero at this point. Well, and to your point too, I mean, what name another superhero that everyone knows who the alter ego is? I, I can't think of one offhand. Spider-Man probably. Do you think? Uh, Batman, Bruce Wayne. I, I, would, I would probably. I don't know. No, no, I don't mean us. I just mean, you know, like the general public. I mean, Gotham, the, the, the citizens of Gotham don't know that Bruce Wayne is Batman. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, is, that is a good point. Um, and so you didn't have, you don't have to worry about that. I mean, you know, there's that, there's that piece of it like, ooh, who's going to find out that Clark Kent is Superman? Who's going to find out that Barry Allen is the Flash? It doesn't matter with, with, um, with uh, Iron Man. And that's what's so great about Tony Stark. He's confident without being arrogant, slightly arrogant, but fun. He's got quips. One oh, it's great. It's great. It's just, yeah. So uh, all of that is to say Iron Man is my fifth favorite superhero. So it goes Superman, Captain America, Thor, the Flash, and Iron Man. Awesome. Very cool. All right. So that is our official list. We're going to be moving into our check it out section. So go ahead and give me what you got. All right, I got a good one now. Now, it will not surprise any listener that it's a TV show mm -hmm. and it is just new on Netflix and it's called Clickbait. So Clickbait, I thought was going to be a movie. So your mom and I had planned to watch it on Friday night and Friday night came and we turned it on and it's an eight episode series. That was Friday night. Mm -hmm. It is Sunday. We are going to be watching episode six in a couple of hours. It's wow. that good. Okay. It is that good. So I won't give the premise away, but I do encourage any listener to check it out. It's, you know, we love to rank things in the U S and it is the number one show on Netflix. Of course, it's only been up there for 48 hours, but it's, it's not what you think it is. Well, maybe it is, but it's well done. And I love a show that takes each character and focuses on one character per episode. And that's what this show does 
to great effect. So it's a good story. It's well, well executed. There's some plot holes, but you know, it, it works and it's very entertaining. And I would have to say this, it is probably one of the five best series I've seen on Netflix. Period. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Then there's a lot of stuff that's always come out on Netflix. So that's yeah. marks. Okay. So for myself, I have a music recommendation. Uh, so Kanye West, after uh, many delays of his uh, albums, uh, his recent one, Donda, just dropped at 7 a.m. today. Um, so this is a very interesting one. It's got Jay-Z and it also has uh, The Weeknd on it. And uh, there's, I think it's a double album. There are about, uh, there's over 20 songs and none of it is explicit. So it is kind of a re. Uh, it's kind of like playing off of his previous album, Jesus is King, and moving on to sort of what his established production has sort of given us in the past, you know, uh, 15 years or so. Um, I can't speak to its quality yet, as I've been listening to about half the album, but this might be an interesting thing uh, to tell others about if you're not a Kanye West fan yourself. However, this is a highly coveted album, and there's some good-sounding stuff on here so far, and a lot of people are waiting for it. Just letting you know that it is out today, and you can listen to it uh, all on Spotify or Apple Music. Or and be- because, because now I've been introduced to music of your genre, I might, I might just check it out. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't want to sound like I'm making fun of you for your age, but I just don't think you'd get it. You know, it just, you know what? You're right. You're probably right. So don't worry just, about it. But no yeah, offense I, taken, Noah. I don't want to deter you from it. I just know that there's a lot of sounds that Kanye kind of pioneered that you probably um, haven't necessarily heard or been used to before since you're such an 80s guy. Well, and you know, to that end, I I was creating my uh, a new and updated '80s running playlist last night. So you're right; I'll just stick to the songs that I chose last night. But don't let me deter you from exploring outside of your usual genres. We sort of got a taste of that from uh, not last week's episode, but the episode from two weeks ago. The but, the album swap, yeah, yes, and we will be doing that again at some point. But we're going to give it a little bit of a rest. So uh, once again. Uh, that is our show. Thank you so much for listening. If you've made it all the way over with us, you can connect with us on Facebook and Instagram where I will occasionally be timely with posting our episodes. But uh, you know, we're still going every week. We're still you finish that master's degree. You're gonna have all that time on your hands and, and oh, we're just gonna blow up our social media. Well, then I'm gonna go straight for a PhD and have no time to do anything. There you go. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much. Once again, I'm Noah. I'm Greg. And this is Easy Talk. Easy Talk. The time a little better. It, it was. It was a little better. We're, We're getting there. there.